Welcome to ConExpo ConAg Radio, brought to you by the Association of Equipment Manufacturers with your host, Peggy Smedley. This is ConExpo ConAg Radio, brought to you by the Association of Equipment Manufacturers. I'm your host, Peggy Smedley. For this podcast, we will be diving into the topic of slip form paving. Slip form pavers have been around since the 1940s, and they're used in a wide range of different vertical structures, such as towers, bridge columns, and even offshore platforms. In addition, slip forming is used for straight vertical concrete structures, but also where the wall thickness has changed. But it is not surprising today, many contractors still hand form concrete pavement and sections. On this episode, we will identify the benefits of slip form paving. We'll also discuss as contractors how you can ensure a smooth pour for projects. Then we will dive into the topic of stringless paving. We will discuss through a combination of 3D and position technology how you can remove the string lines. As a result, you can improve productivity and quality on paving projects while they are on the job. But the real question that needs to be asked and even answered is whether now is the right time to implement stringless paving. As always, we are joined by a great guest, and someone who can help us answer some of the most challenging questions. Please join me in welcoming Wade Bowman, National Sales Manager of Verkin America. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. Wade, it's really kind of interesting that you guys are doing a lot, and slip forming, as I mentioned in the opening, has been around since the 1940s, but many contractors are still kind of doing things and hand-forming concrete pavements. I did some research, and this is all interesting to me because in the research I found out is there's a lot of benefits to slip form over hand-forming. And I'd love for you to tell our listeners really what are they, and I think you're the expert way more than I am to kind of walk us through that. Well, certainly. Thank you. Uh, the, the, The advantages boil down to a couple of things. One is speed. Obviously, with a machine, if a job site is set up properly, a machine can put out a lot more production than a, um, a hand crew can uh, that's trying to set forms. So, there, if a contractor is in the in the business to make more money, and who isn't, then um, using a machine is the way to go. Secondly, the the product that a slip form machine can put out is much more consistent and and durable than what can be done by hand. And the reason for that is a a machine can consistently vibrate and place the concrete such that the product is is, um, more dense throughout and more consistent, uh, no honeycombs, and, and the vibration is properly done throughout the section. Now, this is interesting to me because this is probably the first time that I've ever heard someone say machines do something better than the individual. (laughs) So in the construction world, how did we actually get contractors to say, I really want a machine to do something and not the human? How did you get them to really say this is the way to go? Well, um, a, a good analysis makes it pretty clear to the to the contractors in most areas. Of course, it's not for everyone if someone's got uh, work that's extremely chopped up and comes in small drips and drabs. That's Maybe that still makes sense to do that by hand. But it's kind of like uh, working in your garden. If you're going to 
plant a few tomato plants. A shovel is fine. You can do that by hand. But if you're going to excavate for a large building, you don't really want to do that with a shovel. And the same could be extended to the, the notion of slip forming if, if uh, a project is maybe a hundred feet of sidewalk and it's broken up with trees and fire hydrants and things like that. Okay, fine. Do it by hand and with forms. But if a contractor's got, say, a mile of curb and gutter or barrier to do, machine is a clear choice in, in most cases. Talk me, talk me through some of the challenges because I have to think for slip form contractors, they've had to go through a lot of challenges over the years since we're talking about something that's been worked on for decades and the technology has had to change as well. Sure, sure. Well, early, early on, the, the contractors were, they were working with machines that probably weren't as reliable as they are now and didn't have the same level of sophistication. So uh, nursing those machines from way back in those days would have been uh, would have been more difficult. But today's machines are a lot more reliable and a lot more accurate. And um, so that, that only helps the contractor to put down the work uh, quickly and accurately and, and make more money. So when you talk about that profitability and making more money, how, how, how do you actually do that? How are you maximizing the ability to make more money? I, I assume we're talking about time and accuracy and, and the speed of things. But walk us through that when we talk about what you were saying, that the machines weren't as reliable back then to what we're talking about today versus a few decades ago. Well, uh, as far as profitability, of course, um versus versus hand forming the uh the number of lineal feet or or squares put down by a machine can greatly exceed what can be done by hand so that that's part of the profitability and and if you uh and if we look at the uh say for a paving contractor of course with slip form a machine can be anything from a curb and gutter machine all the way up to a highway class paver uh, if we're looking at for instance a um a highway paving contractor, they not only is, are the uh, linear feet important, the, the amount of production, but also the ride. And uh, these days in particular, the, the ride bonus or lack thereof can make or break a contractor on a big job. If, if the machine is not putting down the product accurately and achieving good ride, that contractor will likely have to go back and grind, which costs money. And, uh, it will likely forego the ride bonus. And, uh, that can put that job in the red as, a, as opposed to being profitable. And, and when you talk about that, are we talking about now the ability to these large amounts that you're talking about and getting the ride in, in the process and the, in the form and the geometric shape of the finish makes a big difference that you're doing with all of this as, as you're describing here, right? Uh, yes, yes. Um, as far as geometric shapes, um, of course, for a paving contractor, they'll be putting down a slab, but uh, these machines can also put down barriers, curb and gutter, sidewalk, um, shoulders, of course, too. So. Walk us through one of the things I mentioned in my opening was actually now the, the idea of stringless paving, you know. Has that time now come? Are we seeing a change? Is there an evolution now starting to occur 
from one way of doing things to another? Well, there sure is. Um, for many contractors, stringless paving is already here, and they and some of them have been doing it for quite a long time. The, the first stringless paving took place way back in 1997 when uh, we put a stringless setup on one of our machines um, for a railway project in Germany. But, um, but as you, as, but it, it has been a, a bit of an evolution. It's been gradual over the, over the, over the recent years. Uh, but I think it, uh, from what I can see that the process of switching to stringless is actually accelerating to the point where I would say 10 years from now, using string line will be the exception rather than the rule. So do you, and the reason you're saying that, I mean, because right now, I think it's, it, if you would say it is, it's fairly expensive, right? I mean, it's not, it's not an inexpensive process compared to some other things that you could be doing. I mean, is it going to eventually pay for itself or what's that process, you know, that, you know, as, as we're looking at it? Well, you, that, that's a very good point because it is very expensive. And, uh, even when compared to the cost of the, the slipboard machine itself, the stringless setups are very significant. Um, and so that upfront expense is much, much greater than it would be for a streamlined setup. But uh, the payoff is that um, in going to stringless, first off, the contractor does not have to buy and lug around all this, the uh, streamlined components uh, does not have to place those the, the string line on the job. The, um, the placement of string line is something really, quite frankly, not many people really want to do anymore. Um, and in addition to that, once the string line is set up, it constricts the flow of uh, material and equipment and personnel around the job site. So it it constricts that flow and can also be a bit of a hazard with, with all those stakes sticking up and um, the potential for strip, uh, tripping over the string line. So there's that part of it, but uh, that, that's kind of the obvious part. But then as we look uh, as as we look at job sites, they're evolving. There are more and more stringless job sites now than there were in the past. So in in many cases, if a if a Slipform contractor wants to put up string, uh, he'll have to pay for to have hubs put in because they wouldn't be there uh, because the the, the uh, job site to that point has been stringless. So that's an extra expense to have those hubs put in, and that uh, of course that can be foregone if if a uh, if we continue with slipform um, in the stringless mode as well. So when we're talking about moving this, you know, when we move, remove string lines and pins from a job site, we're actually increasing some of the safety, it sounds like, what you're describing there. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it rarely does a day go by where someone doesn't trip over a string line. Usually that uh, doesn't, doesn't put somebody in harm's way, but it can. If someone trips and falls right in front of a machine, or if someone is getting off a machine and falls, uh, those stakes are there, and uh, falling on one of those is catastrophic. So uh, it's much better to get those off the job site and out of the way. 
So if, if I'm hearing you correctly, you know, we're reducing, you know, we're reducing the, the, the injury, you know, then we're eliminating kind of the survey setup and error that you just described, you know, but now you're increasing productivity. It sounds like the quality performance. There's a lot of things that are going on when we're doing this. And, and then what you said earlier, it's kind of reducing over trimming and over pouring based on what you're just describing. Is that correct? Uh, surely, um, if, if the, uh, the job is stringless from the bottom up, that, that's very efficient. And, uh, and quite frankly, a, a slip for a machine can and does anticipate what's coming up in the stringless file as it goes along, as opposed to just reacting to a deflection of, of the, uh, the wand on a, uh, a string line sensor. So yes, it, it um, it can and can be much more accurate than a job done on string line. So is there a better way for contractors to actually ensure greater success as they go to stringless right now? I mean, because as they make that transition or they say, I want to make the move, is there one way to say we can experience all the success that we've just described here? Well, of course, there are no guarantees, but... Um the first thing to do is to make a detailed analysis of the um, the pros and cons for a given market because uh, there are a lot of differences from one market to another, um, especially when we look at labor costs. Uh, another thing to make sure of is to to find the right system. There are, there are a good handful of stringless systems out there, and uh, choosing the the right one is is critical, of course. And then um, also the uh, contractor's got to make sure that the right staff is in place uh, to succeed at this and that the personnel mix might need to change. And instead of having that crew that puts up the string line and is very good at that and some crews are really fantastic in how they do that, the contractor now needs a group of people who are comfortable in a stringless environment, basically a surveying environment. And so that usually requires people with surveying experience or at least people who are thir- who thoroughly understand that environment. And then finally, there's got to be buy-in with, throughout the organization from top to bottom because making the, the change from string to stringless is challenging. And, uh, and a contractor shouldn't look at that as if he's just putting a CD into a CD player and away it goes because there's more to it than that. Has there been a lot of hurdles when you look at this? I mean, you know, companies need to really look at this seriously and say, you know, if you don't do it right, you're going to stumble. It's That's what it sounds like. If you really don't take the right precautions, you can make this a lot harder for yourself as a contractor. Oh, for sure. For sure. Uh, preparation, as with any type of uh construction project preparation is key and uh, the stringless is no exception there so the better everyone is prepared to to work on that job and running through the files to make sure there are no uh, busts in 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 the file and um, and also checking as built as as the uh, machine goes along is is critical because there's no string line to visually check against so Without as-built checks, it um, it can get very expensive if <laughs> if there are mistakes made and they're not caught quickly. 
talk to me a little bit about your guy, your company right now, because you guys are new to the American slip form market and tell me a little bit about that, you know, comparatively and what you guys are doing. Um, I, I also think that you're a John Deere company now, correct? Yes. Yes. We, we are a John Deere company now and, and we're very excited about that. Um, uh, as, as far as the, uh, the slip form market, as you know, uh, as you probably know, Vertkin has been in the American market for quite a long time and we have a very prominent position in milling machines and, and other products in our group, the Hom rollers, the Fogola asphalt pavers, Kleeman crushers, and so on. But, um, we've, we've also been active in slip form for a very long time too, since the late 80s. However, that activity has been limited to international markets. Uh, and the main reason for that is, well, two reasons. First is the, uh, uh, the American market or the North American market in general, uh, is very different from most of the international markets, uh, in that we require a much more, um, robust machine to achieve higher production rates. Um, the American market, of course, is hyper competitive in everything we do here. And, uh, construction and especially slip form, uh, is no, no exception to that. So the machines had to be re-engineered and, uh, the horsepower in most cases has been increased substantially. And a good time to do that was with the introduction of tier four. So the decision was made to bring in the machines at that point and we first introduced, uh, uh, a slip form machine in 2010. It happened to be a curb machine. And that was not the best time to, to introduce a, a curb machine to the North American market, uh, because of what was going on with housing at the time. But, but, uh, be that as it was, uh, that decision was made a few years before. So we, we came in with that, with that curb machine and then we introduced a, a year later a multi-purpose machine. And, uh, right. And we've gotten to the point now where we have a, an almost complete lineup with uh, with our big pavers in in the market as well. So when you look at that, so with looking at Verkin and the slip form bring to the market, do you think that you'll be able to lead from your knowledge that you have from a global perspective, helping what the U.S. kind of needs right now at the changing market? There's a lot of changing tech side idea. What I mentioned earlier, getting contractors to understand the benefits of working with machines, understanding working side by side with them and understanding the benefits and the efficiency, the safety. There's a lot of things that you're bringing that they can understand. Has there been a lot of that upside and education coming into it? Uh, yes, it's and that's been very exciting. Uh, we, uh, on the slip form side with Verkin, have, have faced a lot of different challenges throughout the world. And, uh, so we're, we're accustomed to encountering any, any level of customer, those who are brand new to slip form and those who have been at it a long time. So, uh, it, it's been fun to educate them to, to what we bring to the market. And we, we've encountered a lot of different, like I said, a lot of different challenges worldwide. We, uh, we, we sell roughly 400, uh, slip form machines a year. Which is, uh, makes us by far the, the world leader by market share and, and volume. So, and so we've seen everything from curb and gutter to barriers to very interesting, um, oddball projects and of course, uh, paving as well. 
So, so help me understand then, Wade, what does the future look like then for construction and even regulation? Because I think regulation is going to play a role in what happens. Do you, do you think a lot about that? Because I, I imagine it's got to be different what happens in other parts of the world than what happens in the U.S. Do you have to kind of manage that a little bit? Uh, as far as regulation goes, probably the biggest, uh, of course, safety is always a uh, a concern our our engineers we've got a very strong safety department they they look at uh, and work with the governing authorities to make sure we comply with with all necessary uh, all necessary standards as far as regulation goes too of course the emissions regulations have changed a fair amount over the last few years and and they're changing again in Europe as they go to euro 5 which is even more stringent than tier 4 final so that can be challenging because those requirements have to be met and then the, the requirements for North America need to be met. And those are much more stringent than uh, other parts of the world, other parts of even, uh, say, Eastern Europe and, and Asia and, and Africa and South America. So just in general, are there is there a kind of some trends that you see that are coming in general that, uh, you know, in the concrete industry, slip form industry that you're thinking in general that you have to think about just in that is, is coming? Well, um, in addition to stringless, and we've talked a bit about that, that that's um, that's a big trend that's continuing. Rarely do, do we talk to anyone where stringless doesn't come up, but also the uh, I think the market will continue to become more competitive, if if uh, you can imagine that, as we as contractors look for the edge to put down whether it's curb and gutter or barrier, put it down where it's supposed to be with a minimal uh, minimal work behind the machine, or whether it's a paving machine achieving maximum ride bonus. I think that uh, the trend will be toward greater utilization, less uh, attempts to put less effort into mobilizing and demobilizing machines on and off of job sites and uh, and getting the, the work done quickly and hyper ac- uh, accurately and getting in and out because jobs uh, are seem to be more and more um, to be cut up and uh, the staging of the jobs does not allow for a contractor to put a machine on on site and just run it for miles and miles and miles and and finish that job. So, is it the so internet? Is the Internet of Things and emerging technology starting to play a role in capturing data on how those machines are operating? No, oh, that's a good point too. The uh, the definitely the the more information that that uh, is captured, uh, the better. And that that's a. Uh, a trend too that uh, you make a good point. I hadn't mentioned that the um, to capture machine data and uh, to feed that back and forth so that one, if there's a, an update needed, say a software update, we can we can drive that, push that out, and vice versa. If uh, we can remind a customer maybe that uh, maintenance is due, or if they have a fault, to uh, work with them directly and and uh, through automation rather than the, the old-fashioned way over the phone. Well, I have to tell you, Wade, this has been a great conversation. Thank you for your time, Wade Bowman, National Sales Manager of Virk in America. That was my pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right. We appreciate it. So hopefully we can uh, 
we've given you all some great insights into slip form and stringless paving. And now you can uh, kind of ensure some success, I think, for your company in the future. I certainly learned a lot. And uh, thank you all for joining us today for our show. That's all the time we have for today. I hope you'll join us next time. Uh, Con Expo, Con Ag Radio is brought to you by the Association of Equipment Manufacturers. Stay up to date on the technologies and trends impacting the construction industry by subscribing to our 365 e-newsletter. And you can do that by visiting conexpoconag.com slash subscribe. Thank you for tuning in to Conexpo Conag Radio, brought to you by the Association of Equipment Manufacturers.